Hello and welcome to Thoughts on the Hoops for another week. My name is Laura Bradburn and we are back live on the channel. Uh, technical difficulties are a thing of the past, hopefully. And we are back with another podcast for another week at Celtic. Bit of a slow news week this week. Not always a bad thing, but great to see you here. If you are here, please get in the comments. Like, subscribe to the video, all that good stuff. Um, Plenty to cover today. You might have seen that I tweeted out a little uh, sort of uh, run... What's the, what's the word? Rundown? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't work in the entertainment industry, but a little uh, sort of plan for what the show is going to look like this week. So we've got Celtic tweeting out Greg Taylor's return from injury, what that's going to mean. Uh, Yang's Celtic future after he came on against St Mirren. We'll talk a little bit about the St Mirren game as well. Um, we will talk about whether that St Mirren game and some of the stuff that the manager and the team have been saying uh, since that game suggests that we maybe have turned a corner despite the fact that we are obviously level now with Rangers at the top of the league. And um, we'll start uh, and we'll talk a little bit about some positive news because I know... I know that the podcast the last couple of weeks, you might have seen on the channel, a lot of clips, video clips coming up. And um, although it's only all come from a couple of shows, the tone of the of the videos has been a little bit kind of negative, I would say, um, and not in the not in the best way. Um, and the, I'll start by talking a little bit about that actually, because I got a comment. Um, pretty soon after the show went up. I can't remember if it was a show or one of the clips that went up. But I got a, a comment from somebody saying, oh, more negative stuff straight away, which I understand that that can be frustrating. And and I am as much of a, you know, I'll back the team to the, to the hill as far as um, Celtic is concerned. And I'll always, you know when they go out on the pitch for 90 minutes every weekend or, or during the week, whenever it is, I will do my best to um, sort of talk about the good points and to support them during that 90 minutes. But my feeling on being negative is, I don't ever do it if it's not justified, but if it is justified, I don't think there's any point in shying away from it because I don't think you can leave yourself in a situation where you're one of these kind of happy clapper supporters who just says, I love Celtic, I love Celtic, this is, you know, this is, there's, I'm not going to criticise them in any, in any guise because it, you don't get anywhere if you do that. Um, so criticism where it's warranted, obviously, but, um, but I do appreciate that the last few weeks with the January transfer window, some of the results that we've had, some of the performances that we've had have been a little bit overly negative. So we are going to try and be a little bit more positive today as long as the stuff that we're talking about is um, warranted to be positive. If you're in the live audience, then get in the chat and let me know who, you're, who you are, where you're watching from. If you're listening to this after the show, um, either on YouTube or on your favourite podcast platform, then like and subscribe to the channel and, um, yeah, help me out by getting the, the word on the podcast out there. We're nearly at one one and a half thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is unbelievable. Um, and so it would be great to get more of you on that. 
Um, the first thing that I'm going to talk about um, is loosely related to Celtic, I should say. Uh, well, not loosely related to Celtic, it's really what Celtic's all about, but I'm going to bring it up here. Um, uh, uh, so, this evening, um, John and Kathy Heaney are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary at Celtic Park. And uh, so, congratulations to them, or to anybody who knows them that's watching, John and Kathy. Uh, congratulations on 50 years married, that's unbelievable. Um, hope you have many more happy, healthy years together. But they've done an unbelievable gesture. They have um, actually asked for, in, in lieu of gifts and things like that, they've um, uh, they've asked for a donation to be made uh, that will be split between the Celtic Foundation and the Beats and Cancer charity. Now, I know for a fact, if you're watching this, you'll have had somebody who's been affected by cancer statistics say that there's not going to be a person on the planet who's not going to be either diagnosed or affected by cancer so um i'll be making a donation after this live stream i'll be putting a link to the just given page for john and kathy um in the description of this video if you have anything to spare um then definitely uh then definitely you know um make a donation there because it's a really worthwhile thing to to be doing um when when you don't when you don't have to do that so well done to them for for making that making that gesture it really is uh, a a wonderful thing and uh, yeah happy anniversary to them and many happy returns on that as well um so what we're going to talk about uh first and foremost uh is a little bit of a review of the um the Celtic St Mirren game at the weekend. So I watched it watched it with my dad, which is what I tend to to do these days as far as the game, games are concerned. And um before the match started, I kind of went into it thinking, obviously I want the victory, but I was really concerned that I wanted to see a performance that we would want to see from Celtic. The the I've had a, I've had discussions online with people recently where um there's been discussions about is it more important just to get the win or is it more important the way you get the win or the way you perform now first and foremost obviously the win is what comes over everything um whether it's in the league or as it was at the weekend in the Scottish Cup but I'd be lying if I said that um the way in which we get the victory isn't important. Of course it is. The way in which we play is is a vital factor in that. And um, I was pleased to see what I would say from some of the players at least was a little bit more of a performance in line with what I would expect from us as a Celtic team. The biggest change obviously was the change. Uh, I don't actually know how much of a change in shape there was rather than a change in personnel. I think it was more just a change in personnel. He still had the three up front, three in the middle of the park. Kyogo was one of the three in the middle of the park, but pushed slightly further forward to be a 10, obviously, and then four at the back uh, and Joe Hart and go. Kyogo definitely had a more fruitful afternoon, I would say, in that deeper line position. I thought he linked up well with all of the, the front three players. Um, and obviously, um, he got got a goal as well, so... Um, it proved to be um, quite a fruitful um, endeavour for him to be there. 
Um, I think I, I said this in last week's show. If if Keel goes in that position where he does, uh, he's not going to do the things that he does doing, and it's clear from the the wide players that we have available that they're not going to get the delivery in to Kyogo if he's that far up the pitch. What playing deeper for Kyogo allowed him to do was get more involved in the play, and whether that was just seeing more possession of the ball generally because he was deeper, um, drop, drop deeper, but also him being able to look, use his intelligence in terms of the runs he was making and the passes he was making. I think personally, as far as football intelligence is concerned, Kyogo's pretty much, you know, levels above anything that we have I would say uh, in terms of what he's able to see and what he's able to do um, he is so uh, she thinks so much outside the box in terms of the spaces he tries to find and and sometimes I think that actually works to his detriment a little bit because he's he's doing things that the other players around him aren't even looking for and therefore they're not successfully finding him sometimes. But if he's the deeper person making the passes, then he can maybe entice those more intelligent runs out of players that wouldn't otherwise make them if he sticks the ball in a certain place. So I I really thought that was a good change. I think it's something that we'll see a little bit more of against Kilmarnock this weekend. Um, And I think it's probably a way forward for him within this system um, as far as... um, you know, having more impact on the game. I mean, that it was proved even just with his goal that he scored. Um, the fact that he ran on to the ball in the manner that he did and, um, uh, you know, ran from deep, got into that cutback from, from Lewis Palma and first time finished it from just inside the box. That showed a real instinct that, you know, if he was in the position... Uh, Ida was in, maybe Palma would have cut it back and that's why Kyogo would never have seen the ball it would have cut back to Bernardo if he'd have been on the pitch or, or O'Reilly if he'd taken up that position or McGregor so Kyogo being that little bit further back definitely let him see a little bit more of the ball. Ida I thought had another really good performance um, I think he has a physicality and ability to hold up the ball that we have needed in this system it's not my favourite way to play football, um, but it's clear that it's a way that uh, Brendan Rodgers likes to play football and therefore um, he made that signing and, and is utilising Ida in that way. I, I said to somebody else when I was um, thinking about Ida before he played for Celtic, somebody said, oh, he'll be really good at holding up the ball for us and things like that. And and there was a little bit of me like kind of died inside because I was just like, do we need some somebody to be holding up the ball against Scottish opposition domestically? I think we should be better than that. But um, yeah, whether, whether I believe it's necessary or not or whether I like it or not, it's the reason he's been brought in and he's doing it relatively effectively. The only concern I have about him and I've yet to be proved uh, wrong on it is um, he has missed a few chances he's not the instinctual finisher that you would uh, necessarily want to see uh, he is he's you know he's got in the end of a couple of crosses or he's he's 
had a few first time shots or that kind of thing and it's just not come off for him. I don't know if it's because he it's it's just a case of luck or whether he um whether he's not an instinctual finish finisher in that manner, but I would like to see you know, obviously he's off off the mark in terms of his goals and things like that, which is great, but he's got two penalties and, and I would like to see him break his, you know, outfield goal duck, if you want to put it that way. Um because I think that is something that would serve his confidence really well. Um one of the kind of weak positions that we've had over recent weeks um is obviously the the defence and particularly left back. Uh now we we were apparently chasing a left back in the January transfer window, never got one. We were apparently um it was a priority for us, still never got one. And we were left in a position where we had Greg Taylor and and Alexandro Bernabe. Greg Taylor by far and away first choice, but not not your preferred choice if 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 you had uh really much to much say in the matter. But um I was kinda like, right, well, it's Greg Taylor to the end of the season. He goes and gets injured and we end up with Bernabe, who is not a defender, to say the least. Not a defender in any stretch of the imagination. Put in a couple of harsh challenges over the weekend, had a, a pretty serious challenge on ex Celt Marcus Fraser that he got booked for at the weekend. And yeah, uh, put it this way, I said it to somebody on Twitter, you know you're in bother when you're desperate for um, for Greg Taylor to make his return. Um, we didn't know a timeline for that, but the manager has um, commented on that, and this is a this is a story again from Celtic here, one of, um, one of my favourite Celtic fan outlets. Uh, it says, Celtic received timely boosts with Greg Taylor's return ahead of uh, Kilmarnock Clash. Uh, Celtic's Twitter account shared, I think it was this morning, it's been a very long day, uh, this morning that um, he was back on the training pitch um, and they, and Celtic have confirmed that the first choice left back is back in training, ready to claim his spot, spot on the pitch. I haven't listened to um, Brendan Rodgers' full press conference from today. So I would like to know if anybody in the comments can tell me whether um, he's likely to actually be returning for the game against Kilmarnock at the weekend or whether it's slightly too soon. But here's what um, has been said anyway. Um, yeah, that's that's the picture of the Celtic saying he's back on the training pitch um, and that was shared around lunch today. Um, I... I am looking forward to him being back because I think he's a hard-working player. I think his ability is fine for what we need domestically. He's never been what we need in Europe, but I'd be looking forward to seeing him back because I think what he gives us is a little bit more work rate than Burnaby does, Um, a little bit more defensive ability than Burnaby has, and actually... Uh, better delivery as well going forward. He's pretty much better in every sense than um than than Bernabe is, and um so I will be pleased to have him back. Uh, what I don't want to happen is for him to be forced back too early because we've had problems with injuries already this season, and uh, uh, I think um 
I think part of that has been forcing people back too early, so I don't want us to do that. Um, uh, Kieran Allen in the comments, thank you for leaving your comments, says, um, Hail, hail, I think we need to get behind whoever's on the park. Absolutely, I mean, if Burnaby is the starting left back tomorrow, I will be cheering him on as much as anybody. Um, but I think if you ask me what my preference would be, then um, then it would be for uh, for Taylor. And I think most people would say the same. Everybody knows Taylor's limitations, um, but there's also this kind of... Um, this realisation among supporters, especially when we saw what he did under Ange, uh, for what he what he's able to bring to the table when he's used correctly, and I think Brendan's seen that as well. Brendan tried to at the start of his return um, revert him back to a more traditional left back, and it didn't really um, work for him. I don't think. Um, and but we all know that his um, his performances a inverted left back worked really well under Ange, and I think he's um, I think. I think both him and Brendan have realised that and they're trying to find a compromise in, be, in between. Sean uh, Mayer says, um, what about scales at left back? Now, I talked a little bit about scales on last week's show uh, and I think, for me personally, his time at centre-back is coming to an end. He has been fantastic this season. He's gone over and above what we would expect from him. He has provided excellent cover during some of the biggest injury crises we've faced in years in that position. And he has performed above and beyond his duty, um, both in the Champions League and um, domestically. But I do think I'm starting to see weaknesses in his game that are coming to the fore that suggest as soon as we can get a settled centre-back pairing that doesn't include him, the better. Um, I specifically think about um, the goal Aberdeen scored with Majowski. Now, a lot of people blamed uh, uh, Navrokiv for that. And I think he could have done better. He could have uh, showed uh, Majowski onto his right-hand side, which I think is his weaker side. But he didn't really do that very effectively. But the reason he was left in that one-on-one -on -one situation was because Liam Scales was so far out of position and there's he's got to take some accountability for that. But um, Sean asked the question about whether he should be a left-back and I think... I, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be. As far as I'm aware, that is his... I don't know if it's his preferred position, but it certainly is more naturally used position. I think that's where he was used most of the time at, at Aberdeen last season. I think that's why he was brought into the club as a left back. So I don't see any um uh I don't see any reason why we shouldn't bring him back in to be honest. Because I think it would I think it would take some pressure off of him. It would open up space for Navrocki to get more starts, especially when uh, Carter Vickers comes back in and maybe we can use Lager Bielka a little bit as well. Um, Joseph Agnew says, um, Hail, hail, Laura, good to see you on again. I agree regarding Taylor. Um, get him fit, a must. Hail, hail. Um, 
Kieran says, Kieran Allen says, we need wholesale improvements. Taylor has been outstanding for us. He was tired, I agree, but it's just now just time to unite. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show about you know making sure we get united. That is a uh, that is that is sure. Kieran says I know my football. I don't know if I know my football, but I know how to talk about my football. That is for sure. Um, there's plenty of people who would disagree that um I know my football, but I do appreciate your comment. So, um, that's an interesting question. Back three. Um, now I can see a back three working from the per- terms of in terms of the personnel that we have. Um, my problem with a back three is what you do with the rest of the team because if you go three five two, it would mean you need to use three central defenders when we're already kind of short in that position because of injuries and stuff like that. And then you're losing two of the players that would usually be used as fullbacks to the wingback positions. I mean, the three three central midfielders is not going to change from what we have. And you just change one of the wide players up top for another striker. But I, I do think, the, the reason I do think that might work is if he did a 3-5-2, I think um, Ida and Kyogo would be a good pairing up top. Um, and it's something I did suggest months and months ago on Twitter. I was kind of lambasted for it. But I... Yeah, I I think it's a fair fair assumption. Um yeah, John Mayer says uh Scales scored against Rangers when he's left back at Aberdeen. I think that, if I remember rightly, that was an absolute belter of a goal as well. So maybe it could be a goal threat from left back as well. So listen, I'm not saying that when the centre backs are, are back to full fitness that there's no future at Celtic for Liam Scales. They're very they're very well may be, but um uh, it would have to be a left back if there was going to be any future for him. Um, but we will see. Thank you everybody for commenting so far. It's really good to see some of you in the chat. Um, uh, I'm going to share at the end of the show or I'm going to put a link in the description at the end of the show for some of you who might have missed it. Uh, there's a couple at Celtic Park tonight celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and they're, they're raising funds for the Beats and Cancer Charity and um, Celtic Foundation. Um, so if you have any spare cash, then obviously um, consider donating to that or even share the link to the Just Given page and, and maybe people who are in more of a position to be able to share at this time of year uh, will be able to do so. Um, so we've covered the defence uh, a little bit and we have covered a little bit about the St Mirren game. Now... Looking at the St Mirren game, there's a couple of specific things that I really wanted to um, discuss. Uh, I don't know how many of you read his stuff, um, but James Forrest at the Celtic blog um, has put up a really good piece. I like to read some of his stuff um, because I think he speaks very well on a lot of things. Even if you don't necessarily agree with everything that he says, I like the way that he writes and I like the way that he puts his point across. Um, and I think he's definitely a supporter who who I like taking on board the, the thoughts of because I think he's got um, a very good sort of finger on the pulse of what a certain section of the support is thinking. Some might say the majority of the support, some, some might not, but I really like uh, reading his stuff. He's written a little bit about the, about the performance against St Mirren and it, it 
kind of tempted the so his his site is the Celtic blog. I'll put a link to his site in the description. Uh, but it is just the Celticblog.com. You can get his stuff through the Celtic News Now service as well. Um hello Claire Brogan, she's giving us a wee wavy hand. Uh nice to see you in here. Uh we had a very interesting discussion, me and Claire, in the YouTube comments uh, from last week. Wouldn't you know that there's a possibility to have a discussion with somebody, even if you don't totally agree with them, and come away with it without either of you calling each other names or falling out? It's fantastic. It's uh, it's it's the future, really, on social media. I don't know if it'll catch on, but anyway. So this was a, a piece from um, James Forrest uh, on the Celtic blog that was... Uh, published at nine o'clock this morning and he really goes into a little bit about how the changes that we talked about earlier the changes in shape the changes in personnel did work um about they did work in terms of putting Kyogo in in the deeper role having Ida up front making some of those changes um and I think what his main point here is is that uh we really need to um, stick to something that works. So he says here, Brendan Brendan Rogers has been working on this change to the system for a couple of weeks at least. There's no way he should dump it for the way we were playing before. Two up front works and three strikers in the squad. He can go with that regularly. The word from Len- Lennox Town, the brief comments the boss has made all suggest he will. And James says he can't stress enough how happy that makes him. I, I think that that, change in shape um, will more than likely remain especially if the if the results follow basically um, <laughs> there's Claire saying it's revolutionary Laura, it really is, it's a fantastic way to it's a fantastic way to live your life, who would have thought um, but yeah, the, this change in system, it's as James says in his blog, it's it's not necessarily about wanting the team to play a certain way or wanting a certain philosophy to be undertaken, even though you just want entertaining football. It's about making sure that when you find something that works, sticking to it. Because if you do stick to it, not only can you produce those results repeatedly, but you might be able to... um, you know, build relationships between players that currently don't exist we, we've you know last season and the season before after a certain period of time we had a, a, a first team and a first 11 that you could name you could name who they were 1 to 11 you knew likely what the substitutes were going to be at what time in the match you knew who would come in in a situation where a certain player was injured all that stuff some people don't like that predictability, but you've got to admit that it does uh, serve you well when you're going for something like a league title because you you can rely on the the consistency that's there. This season, we've certainly had no consistency in defence, but that's not really been anybody's fault apart from the fact that we've had the injuries. The midfield has a few changes made, again, because injuries to Hitati. Iwata's been in and out a couple of times. McGregor has not been consistent. O'Reilly has had a fantastic season up until very, very recently, so he's been a constant. And then Bernardo's been in a few times, but been in and out. 
and then you go to the front line and that's not been consistent at all. I can a, a combination of players going to the Asian Cup, um, players, you know, not fulfilling their potential or not being on form, and um, and the manager just not really knowing sometimes what his favourite system is or what his most settled system. Um, and that's that really hasn't served as well. If we're getting to a point where the if you're getting to the point where our lineup is settling in terms of reduced injuries, if you're getting to a point where the selection is settling down, if you're getting to a point where the system is getting better uh results, and if you're getting to a point where Brendan now feels that he knows the players well enough to use them properly, like changing Kyogo's position, like um, settling on a, a midfield three, like settling with Ida up top. You can maybe suggest that there's going to be a bit more um, consistency going into the second half of the season, and that that can't be a bad thing. It really can't be a bad thing. Um. Kieran says we, we've had a lot of disruption. We definitely have had. Um, but I'm hoping in the second half of the season that that improves. And I think everybody would agree that if it does improve, then it's going to be a good thing for us because, you know, the the biggest thing for these title-winning teams is is the relationships that are, are built. Um, uh, so let me know in the comments what your thoughts are on that. Um, thanks everybody for watching we're half an hour into the show um, the channel is approaching one and a half thousand subscribers so if you're watching this and you're not already subscribed to the channel then please consider clicking the subscribe button under the stream on YouTube follow and um, uh, rev- leave a review on the podcast on your favourite podcasting platforms because we really could use that to our advantage to grow the podcast and get it more out there. I'm currently talking to um, a few other Celtic content creators to try and get more people on the pod because I know you guys like when I do the interviews. Um, we might even have some return guests who've been on the pod before um, just to talk about different things and maybe have uh, different episodes in the can for things that are coming up in the future. So um, please, if you haven't already, do those lovely, lovely things and um, Thoughts in the Hoops can get bigger and better as we go. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about in relation to the game at the weekend is um, is Yang. Now, he's just come back from the Asian Cup. I didn't watch the Asian Cup. Uh, it was just another... Uh, just another... <clears throat> service to have to pay for basically that I wasn't really up for I did think about it when we had so many players um going to the tournament but then I saw that the majority of my 7.99 a month was going to go on Iraq versus Kazakhstan or whatever it was and I was like I'm not really up for that I'll watch most football that's going but even that was a stretch for me but Yang went to the tournament and, by all accounts, um, was quite dangerous in a few games. He came on against St Mirren and uh, there is a suggestion that 
he's potentially um got a future at Celtic. So um I'm gonna bring up this story here. Um that uh was on again on Seltzer here. Um share this tab instead. Um so Pundit excited by fringe Celtic winner. Again, it's on Seltzer here. Great site if you want to go on there. Since joining from K-League side, uh, Gang won last summer. Winger Yang has failed to hit the ground running. Adjusting to a whole new country and learning a new language has proved understandably arduous for the wide man. And I do think we need to consider that as a, a you know, a, a, it's not something we consider often enough, I don't think. I mean, these are, in some cases, very young guys. He's just 21, and if you'd asked me at 21 years of age to move from Scotland to Korea and settle in and do my job and all that, that would have been difficult. So we do need to take that into account, although it comes with the territory of being a footballer, some people might say as well. So um, try to balance up that is is fair enough. Um, so he's already made 23 appearances for the Hoops, um, according to this article, which... Kind of surprised me to be honest, um, because I would did less than that. But Mark Wilson has been um backing him up. Uh, now you can take what you want from that, but he says Yang looked lively, uh, with more game time and knowing the league a wee bit better in this final running. Uh, will that serve him well? I think he could start to show a bit more of himself. There was another game earlier in the season, was it maybe Ross County played against? I can't, there was one game he had an absolute stinker, maybe in St. Johnston or something, and there was one game where he really was quite dangerous, which was, I think, Ross County. And um, I don't know, I, I, I've watched him and I think there's still enough there to suggest that there's a future for him. I think he... Oh, he never hides. He's always looking to take people on. He's always looking to create. Now, whether he's got the ability to create what he's trying to create or not, I don't know. But I think that there's enough there to suggest that we shouldn't be writing him off yet. I mean, I've seen people writing off Kuhn already, and the guy's just in the door. Um, So I wouldn't say that that's something that I, I, I would agree with, but I do think that, that Yang... He seems to have the right attitude. It's whether he'll have the ability to back up what he's trying to do or not. But I, I think the basis of having the right attitude is obviously the best place to start. Um, if you've got the attitude, you can make the ability come. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Claire Brogan says, and this is going back to a conversation we were having earlier, what would you say to people saying that having injuries isn't an excuse? Um, I think, I think it depends. I think in the case of the centre-backs in our defence specifically, we've been so hammered by injuries that it can't not be some form of an excuse. But there are a couple of points that I will agree make the potential excuse worthiness of injuries uh, a bit less. One being, if you know you've got injuries the way we know we've had injuries in certain positions this season, we should have been doing more to get players in to cover for those injuries in, in the January transfer window and in the summer. Some would say we did try and do that at centre-back, but the quality of the people we've got in haven't worked. 
some people would suggest we've still not done enough in terms of covering that. But the other thing that I do think is a consideration that we need to make is, you know, there's a lot of people say we've been unlucky with injuries this season. Oh, can you believe our luck? We've got another injury. Um, But I think... I've I've had a suspicion for a long time now, and I had a suspicion this is before this season, and this is before Brendan. Um, it happened during Angie's time. It happened during Neil Lennon's time. We really do seem to get an awful lot of injuries, to the point where you start to wonder: Is it something to do with our training regimens? Is it something to do with our nutrition regimens? Is it something to do with our facilities at Lennox Town? Is it something to do with? the programmes that the physios and the, the the coaches are putting players on because the regularity with which we are facing injuries to certain players, specifically muscular type injuries, is, is you know, when there's a trend in that direction, um, you have to stop thinking that it's down to luck when it, a run of luck like that is much less likely than something much more explainable, um, to put it that way. You know, Welsh has been out with a muscular injury. Cameron Carter-Vickers has been out with muscular injuries. Taylor's out with a muscular injury right now. Hatati's out with a muscular injury. Okay, he got that um, playing for Japan at the Asian World Cup. He spends the majority of his time being coached and trained by Celtic staff, and so you have to wonder whether that's a feature. But I do think that we need to start... I still think the number of injuries we've had is worth mentioning and why we've struggled at various points this season. So in that sense, I do think it's a little bit of an excuse. But I do agree that we need to start looking at the reasons for those injuries and stop saying that it's just bad luck. We need to look at whether there's something deeper underlying and whether that might might be the the problem. Um so Kieran Allen says sorry Kieran I nearly blocked you there. I don't want to block you. Um play two up front, batter teams every week, that's the tactics. I mean if only it were that simple. If only it were that simple. Um but yeah that's that's the majority of my my points for this week. Bit of a short one this week because the the news has been few and far between. We've had a lot to talk about, and um, uh, and that's just the nature of things. It's been a bit quiet because we've had a couple of wins on the bounce now, and listen, that's the way I kind of prefer it in a lot of ways. There are some topics uh, being discussed by certain sections of the Celtic support that I am not looking to get myself involved in so I won't be um, the people who know me know my thoughts on most of that and I don't think I need to voice that too publicly <laughs> uh, but safe to say it's not my it's not what this podcast is here for and it's not going to solve anything by me adding my two cents as far as all that's concerned so if you've got anything to ask in the comments, then please ask away. Um, but uh, uh, before we do that, I'll just say that um, the Kilmarnock game this weekend does concern me because 
They've got Van Veen, who we all know is a threat. Um, I don't actually know. Let me see where Kilmarnock are in the league at the moment. Because I would really like to see since Premiership table. Yeah, they're fourth at the moment. I mean, they have only won one of their last five games. But they are fourth. So they're playing pretty well this season. They are always, I think, a little bit of a bogey team for us. More at Rugby Park than, than at home. And I know tomorrow's game is a home game, so maybe it's not going to be as much of an issue for us. But we're getting to a point with the league where we can't afford to slip up at all. Like, we're now on same goal difference and same points as Rangers. We've lost that lead. Um, and it's it's going to be neck and neck, I think, between now and the end of the season. Not because I think they're a particularly good team at all. I don't. But because we've um, kind of thrown it away. What I hope Celtic do, though, is keep their mouths shut, keep their heads down, keep working. Because Rangers are taking a different approach. They are taking an approach where they're saying, oh, we're the only team still in three competitions and we're this and we're that. and You've not won any of them. There's no point boasting about stuff you haven't won because you really only set yourself up for a fall. Either you win them and it's like, well, you've proved your point, fair enough. Or you lose them and you have egg all over your face. I I think Celtic need to conduct themselves with a bit more decorum than, than Rangers are at the moment and just concentrate on what we are doing. What was it Ange said? Don't concentrate on what the neighbours are doing. Uh, concentrate on what we are doing. That's what's most important. And I think we're doing that. And I think if we continue doing that, that will be... Um, that will serve as best going into the rest of this season. So, um, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Uh, I'm really enjoying being back on live, having people in the in the chat. It was really good to see you. Um, if you haven't commented live or don't feel like it, or if you're watching this afterwards, please leave a comment underneath. Let me know if you enjoyed the show. Let me know what kind of things you would want me to discuss in future. Let me know if you want to... Um, uh, look at some nostalgic stuff. I'm thinking about doing some shows on certain kinds of nostalgia, looking back at older players or periods in the club's history or my memories of those periods in the club's history. If that's something you're interested in, then please let me know. Um, it might um, open the door for us to get some some uh, guests on the show as well. So um, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. It has been fantastic. I'm on the hoops for the weekend. Let's keep this fight going. And if we can do... Um, then hopefully the title will remain at Celtic Park. Thank you very much. This has been Thoughts in the Hoops, and I'll see you again next week.